here now, episode 102. I bet you the next 100 will fly. Yeah. And for people whose first time, if this is your first time listening, I am your co-host. I used to be just the host until my good friend here, Aaron, joined me, but I'm Seth Macy, wildlife landscape photographer. Everyone who's been here for the long ride already knows that. And Aaron, you are? I am Aaron. You just you told everyone. With the double A. He's A-A-Ron, actually. A-A-Ron. Um, yeah. And I am, you can find me on the socials, uh, Mantis Photography, underscore photography. Um, yeah. Nature, wildlife, some other things too. Reels. Big real guy. <laughs> I'm a real, I'm a videographer now. You're the real deal. Real deal, I love Mantis. Reels. I love reels. I take back everything I said about them. <laughs> They're hilarious and fun and entertaining. <laughs> Well, I think we got a good episode today, but first we got to go through some of our, you know, our, our template. If you like these episodes, it means a lot to Aaron and I. If you rate and review them, we always give you a different task, weekly task, because there's, there's not a lot of them. But if you really appreciate the show, rating and reviewing them, if you haven't done that, is, is a great way to go. We, we read them all the time. And uh, I use a VPN, so I can actually read the reviews from different countries. Very cool. Yeah, so I can like see what someone's in Brazil said. Or in the U.S., Canada. Very cool. So we always appreciate those. I read them, Aaron reads them. And uh, get on that if you haven't already. And you like our show. Only if you're going to rate it five stars, though. Only. Yeah. Well, whatever. Or be brutally honest and... We'll we'll adjust. Force Aaron to tell his story, which everyone Uh. is dying to hear i got a lot of DMs. you know what we're talking about if you listen to the last couple episodes getting into aaron's personal life no it's it's gnarly not your personal life but this story this story is gnarly very gnarly that'd be a great word for it uh and before we get into today's episode let's do some tbm artwork someone we haven't featured in this series in, in this series. TPM, hashtag TPM artwork series for people who don't know what we're talking about. If you use the hashtag TPM, which stands for the photographer mindset, hashtag TPM artwork on your Instagram posts. Every episode that doesn't have a guest, Aaron and I talk about a photo of one of our listeners and we use it as the cover art for our episodes on Spotify because Spotify allows us to do that, allows us to make that change from episode to episode. And today we got kind of a, a sports photo. I would consider this sports from Mitch sure. Popelchuk. I hope I said that right, Mitch. Uh, I've talked back and forth with Mitch recently, actually. Very, very nice guy. We actually did the, um, where you talk back and forth with voice record rather than text. Way more, mm-hmm. you know, human connection. I really like doing that. I know I say that I've said that a lot. I actually got a message that I repeat myself a lot, Aaron, from um, Dia. And she's like, the super glue on the camera story. She's like, you've told the story three times. And I said, yeah, and I'm going to tell it another 20 times. So buckle in. Yeah, it's 102 episodes. What do you want us to talk about? (laughs) Maybe (laughs) photography, maybe the mindset. But let's get back. (laughs) Let's get back to Mitch. Uh, Mitch actually donated to our show the other day, which which, uh, I didn't even know he listened until I I looked him up and... uh, reached out to him, discovered some of these images, and he's got some pretty cool... I told him my favorite ones are these surfing shots, which we're actually featuring today. Um, Nice combination of waves and texture and motion. And it's it's surfing in Tofino. That's something that I would love to do. That's a a Canadian bucket list item. Tofino is in British Columbia, for those of you who don't know, and it's one of the biggest surfing spots in Canada, believe Mm. it or not. And there's crazy people like the person in this image who go in freezing cold water, sort of like uh, Man by the Sea, who we had yeah, on a John. few we had on a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for submitting, Mitch. Great image, and everyone check out his work. His uh, handles in the episode description. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Aaron, what do you think of this photo? I love the photo. I, I've always been fascinated by surfing. That's one sport that if it gets on, if it's on the TV or uh, I see a video or photos, like I'm just mesmerized and. I've never tried and I don't, I don't get it. Like a lot of sports I can look at and be like, mm-hmm. I get it. I could probably the best that's ever played that, you know, that's what, that's what I think in my head. <laughs> it's not true. Uh, but surfing in my head, I go, I don't think I can do that at all. Like Which is the perfect do- blend of athleticism, balance, like, and focus. You're out there by yourself and a nice amount of danger. Yeah. Nature, Dan, like what a connection Major. to like power. 
and waves. Have you ever surfed, Seth? Never. Yeah. Never. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's like anything, something you have to do a lot of times before you're flying through the air like this lad. Yeah, and I think like, it's not like a ski slope that's still, you know, but I, they do have those wave pools that maybe can be a little bit more controlled mm-hmm. uh, to get the feel. But I just, out out in the ocean, is like, I feel like the learning curve would be very hard with the variables of waves, you know, and like, uh, right. like you have to, I guess you have to learn how to read the ocean and read when to go and, and figure it out. But man, a lot of being in the zone, you know, yeah. a lot of, how do the feet stick on the board? I don't know. I don't know. Somebody who surfs, maybe Mitch Wax. will, Mitch will write us, but thank you, Mitch. We're going to get into today's episode and Aaron, I wanted to really, really bring it back to connecting our oftentimes philosophical discussions, our mindset, behavioral discussions, right back into the core of photography, social media, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And something we haven't really talked about directly. I'm sure we've discussed a lot of things that relate to this, but I wanted to get into leadership and more specifically what makes a great leader and how can we be leaders in the photography world and the field online with our digital presence? And I thought a good question to set us off, to lead us down, a, 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 I'm sure it will be a, an insightful conversation is, do you think, all right, this is a question to you, do you think that the people or photographers with the best or most impressive images, for lack of a better phrasing, are the leaders in the photography field or not? In other words, does your skill level and talent make you a leader? Or are there other factors, at least in your eyes? Because I have some thoughts. They do have an element of of skill. Um, Or... I guess it's art, so it's kind of subjective, but uh, something that attracts to or attracts me to their work, whether it's the subject matter or their editing or their effort or any number of things. I guess there's that part of it that it's like, oh, that that is very good. That is talented stuff in whatever field it is, you know. And I, I follow a lot of different sort of genres, wildlife, landscape some urban people uh, or street photography, portrait stuff, if it, if it sticks out to me, mm-hmm. I think that is a, a first check mark, checkbox to check off. So yeah, I think they have to be talented. What happens when you learn about other factors that are off-putting, even though they're mega talented? Is photography photography and whatever their personal life is like is separate or do the two intermingle into your interpretation or impression of an individual? Yes, until you know, <laughs> you know, it's like the old saying, like careful meeting your heroes. Very um, true. You know, like you get, my dad has a great story about meeting Mickey Mansell. It was after a Yankees game. My dad ran down the stands and he was signing autographs. And my dad had a, a ball and said, Mickey, Mickey, can you, can you sign this ball? Mickey Mantle signs the ball. And he, my dad then pulls out a second ball and goes, my brother, my older brother's home sick. You're his favorite player. Can you sign this ball too? And Mickey Mantle turned back and looked at him and said, go to hell, kid. (laughs) (laughs) So like this, go to hell, kid. And my dad was then a Mets fan. So there you have it. Yeah. Changed, changed everything. Started becoming a, a Willie's a Willie Mays fan, uh, the New York Giants back in the day. And then the Giants moved and then the Mets came into New York and never a Yankees fan again. Interesting. So, so yeah, you have your heroes until you have like these interactions that are like, ugh, that like that person's not great. Like I that turned me off. And then then there are go it just goes down a notch. It just doesn't it doesn't hit you the same way. It doesn't doesn't soothe the same fantasy that you've always had about the whole thing. So you have this sort of reality. And then I think in the Instagram uh, or photography world these days with digital cameras and social media, um, there's so much 
talent out there. There's so right. much good talent. It's it's hard to separate a bit. And I think part of that separation is the personality, the person behind it, um, the the whole story. So, yeah. I think there's this misconception that if you are an influencer or you become a quote influencer, that you are a leader in the digital space. And I don't think that's true. I think that those two things are very different. Would you agree? Yeah. They're like different jobs. You know, like you both work in the hospital, but someone's the lead surgeon and someone's, you know, the head nurse. That's also important, but they're different. You know, kind of within the same thing. You're, You're using visuals, you're using photography, you're using images potentially to do something, to either tell a story, and that story might be to sell this new vitamin D oil that you really love. Specific. Yeah, I don't don't know. Have your your vitamin D people. It's true. We're very- The best thing. Yeah, immune system. It's a natural immune system booster. 92% 92% of Americans are vitamin D Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. The Not store- to go on a tangent, but I heard something today and I was like, oh my God, uh, that a vegetable, uh, your average vegetable, depends what you're having, today is 10%, has 10% to 20% of the nutrients that that same vegetable would have in 1920. Weird. Based on we'll have to get a soy. source on that one. Soil being completely used up. Oh, interesting. Soil degradation. Yes. Interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tell me the source on that after when we're done. That's cool. I will. I will. So for people that you look up to, whether that's in photography, outside of photography, leaders, do you think the best leaders have set out on a path to try and become a great leader? Or do you think they naturally fall into place? And how does that process, in your opinion, come to be hmm these are heavy questions jeez you didn't even give me like a, a heads up on any of these why would i <laughs> I, don't, I don't know so i could sound fluent well you know what slightly. i look up to you for for some great answers good well wow i'm a leader in answering uh do they go out to lead some do like do you think that's some the intent do. Like, hey, I'm going to go out, I'm going to be a CEO, I'm going to be a leader, I'm going to run a big company, and I'm going to be influential and, and all this stuff. Or do you think some people just do their thing and do it really well and other people latch on to that, that vibe? Yeah, I think, I think both. I think, I think both for sure. I don't know which one's more, um, which one cuts through the general public a bit more or is more genuine uh, or believable uh, or is, you know, the other one just driven in like what's behind that drive. I don't know. Is it, is it money, fame, success, greed? I don't know. I like, I really like the leaders that don't have to talk too much. And they're, I've said it before, like when your life is your argument, you just, Mm. you show, you show the life that you're living and it's pure to your values, whatever those may be. And people follow along and people are interested and people want to know more about it. And you're just kind of explaining, this is what I do and how I do it versus preaching and not like preaching your argument and not having your life be that argument. Like do as I say, not as I do. That's lame and a leader. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because when you, you, when you watch or listen to interviews with people who are highly regarded in the world, and you see them or you hear them in these interviews and they're kind of flustered by the fact that they're even there being interviewed because it's their way of life and their way of thinking and the way they behave is just such a natural occurrence. Yeah. It's almost like, a, uh, I, this, is just, this is just how I live. I mean, I don't, know, I don't really know how to answer the question. Do you know what I mean? Elon Musk, for example, whether you love him or hate him, clearly an influential person in the world. And you can just tell that he genuinely believes he's a regular person. Yeah. And yeah, I think, yeah. I think that comes down to, you know, a, pr- a previous topic that we, we always revisit is that 
a lot of people who get looked up to and who are in, in leadership roles don't give a fuck about what other people think ever. None of those people ever live life on someone else's terms. Never. Never. And that's something, you know, I try to do and that I hope listeners are trying to aspire to do. You know, we did that episode, Stop Caring What Other People Think. You remember that one? That was a really Mm -hmm. good one. I enjoyed listening back to that because I learned a lot about that or a lot from that. And I think it's so true. Just once you stop caring about what other people think, even outside of photography, you know, about your career choices, about your relationship choices, and you sort of figure it out for yourself and you learn and you get better and you improve and you innovate your, your, your approach and you start doing things for yourself. I think that's when leaders are born from the, from the ashes. Yeah. And then there's this interesting transition from when you become a leader or a a leader in your sector or whatever, you know, the business or in art or whatnot, then you, you might not care what people think, but you, you, I, I don't love when it changes into everyone needs to think your way. I think ultimately a lot of leaders, when they get into this position, not speaking for everyone, of course, but do care a bit much, uh, you know, on, on the bottom line and the money coming in and the shareholders and whatnot. And I'm talking big companies and whatnot, but, um, or, or selling products or selling photos or booking workshops, whatever it may be, uh, it can transition from a, a pure leadership based on your life to I'm gonna I'm gonna monetize my leadership. Right? I, does that make sense? Yeah. Then it then it becomes then it becomes something different, slightly different. Well, I think people, I think that just showcases a, a great amount of confidence when done correctly. I think it's easy for people who have self-esteem issues or insecurities. When someone who's really good at what they do starts to monetize, it's so much easier to just go, oh, sell out, sell out, or a scam, or they're ripping, they're, you know, they're just really good at uh, manipulating people. Right. As opposed to, wow, they must really be onto something and becoming an expert in their field and people want to hear or learn their insight. Because the other way of just saying that they're a sellout or, or one of the other things I mentioned, it's just a direct reflection of how people feel about themselves, right? If you see someone else killing it, that makes you a little insecure if you're at home doing nothing. Yeah, it yeah, it can. I think most people that are busy judging other people, um, there's some wound there or some insecurity there, for sure. For sure. Not that I've never done it. I certainly have. Um, but it comes from a, a self-reflection thing, your perception, and which is very unique to you your own perception. So it doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just kind of the way you're, you're looking at things. It's an interesting idea about why often people feel the need to talk poorly about others. Oh, as in why that amount, why that energy is spent doing that from a psychological standpoint is quite fascinating to me at least. Yeah. Because (laughs) we can go there. I mean, my brain first goes to, why would I not be spending this (laughs) time and energy on myself? Yeah. You know, we've all done it, right? We've all had that thought or that thing to say at one point or another about another person without their knowing. Like everyone has done that. I think some people start to move away from that tendency, which is a good thing. Others dig deeper into it. And then you have others where it's just sort of the foundation of their being because if they can talk shit about other people, it makes them feel better and then not have to take any action towards yeah. leading their own life. Well, it's the, it's the reason we have um, 
I don't even know the shows, but I do if you said them. The shows on TV, the 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 you know, below deck and real housewives and all the kind of fighting trashy shows. Yeah, yeah, they're like the what was that like oh man. I I need a list right now of of all the shows that are drama filled and like messes. Like the families are messes. And mm-hmm. it's proven that people like those shows because they can say like, wow, my life sucks, but that is really bad. Like that is, look at these people. These people are awful, you know? Right. Um, That's so weird to me. Yeah. And yeah, I, I work in a middle school, so it's a microcosm of like how our brains work. It's like very, it's very pure in, and starts to get like, you can kind of see the yuck forming. Uh, and I've said before, watching my son grow up, like you see the pureness of a human until mm-hmm. it starts to change uh, pretty much with school and social things. I mean, he went to kindergarten and like two days later, I was like, what the fuck is going on with my kid? Like, really? I hate school. I hate school because of this. Like, this is awful. He came home like a psychopath. Like, whoa. Uh, he just had to like rein it in, rein it in. Um you hear stories about kids and you're like, whoa, don't, don't be like that kid. Do not do that. Uh, you have to like really rein it in. And there was such a purity before that. And school's great and you'll learn how to navigate, you know, uh, the currents of social crap. Uh, but in middle school, you see a lot of this at like a very exaggerated rate, gossip, talking crap about people, lying, um, all the stuff as they're trying to figure out how to be adults and, they're getting more mature than their little brains can handle. Mm-hmm. But what I notice are a few things when people are speaking ill upon each other is one, it helps you to form an alliance with someone, feel part of a group, feel, feel like, oh, I have, I have friends. We agree that that person sucks. We agree that that clothing sucks. We're together. And humans more than anything, we we always hit on it, want to feel connected. Right. It's right? tribal. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Uh let's let's take it to the social media world. Um where there's three photographers. I email you or DM you with and post a photo and I'm like, this has ten thousand views. This edit sucks. And you're like, Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. And it's like, good. Now we're we're on the same page. We both agree that that person sucks. And now we're closer for it. Right? It's a weird bonding thing, but I think it's harmful. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's it's very harmful. It's it's identifying like a, a common enemy. Uh and it it's just ill it's ill willed. There's like what a waste of calories, really. You know, you're not even telling the person you don't like their stuff or whatever. You're just talking to empty space, really. So that's a weird one. I think you hit on the other one is like to feel superior, right? Yeah. Like, let's talk bad about this person. By default, if you're agreeing, we're superior. We're better than that. And you're fighting a defenseless enemy because they don't even know what's going on. Right. Yeah. So we point out other people's problems, their issues, their this. Look at their flaws. Um, Right. And I think that that, where real character development and growth is, is when there's that urge is to, and this is so much easier said than done, but I think this is, if you're someone who's trying to, to gain more leadership, intrinsic qualities, it's turn that inwards when you feel the need to almost lash out at others or about a, a, an opinion on social media or talk shit about someone. It's, well, what, what am I, what can I change about me? What would I like to see better about myself? Mm-hmm. You know, where can I improve? And let's not waste that you know, precious few minutes of the day where I can be developing my character to get to where I want to go. That's the way I think. And mm-hmm. that's the way I want everyone to start thinking. I mean, it's not my life, but especially with this podcast, that's something I hope listeners are definitely instilling is like always when you build yourself and you focus on yourself and where you need to go, and you apply your own oxygen mask first before assisting others. Said that one a million times too. Mm-hmm. When you're the best you can be, you can bring other people up. And you can't do it when you're slumming around feeling like a piece of shit. 
even though in this example, talking poorly about someone else makes you feel that much better for maybe a couple seconds. And then there's almost that, I would imagine, shame. Like, wow, like I really don't feel great about myself. Well, then do something about it. You know what I mean? Do something. Yeah. And it might, everyone, everyone distracts from life in different ways. You know, some go to the drink, drugs, super duper exercise, Mm -hmm. yoga, um, reading movies, binge watching TVs, eating, posting on social media. Everything too far. Everything to be a distraction from or disguising like your own flaws, your own issues, the own things you have to work on. You can make this beautiful mask of life that's like, I don't, I don't really want to dig in and see the ugly sides of myself. I want to bury them as far as I can. And one way to do so is to talk crap about other people. It's a, it's a distraction for sure. And that's where I think though, probably the number, one of the number one qualities of leaders is humility. And I think in that instance, you have the ability to realize, Hey, like I have so many different things I can work on to be better. I have the ability to, you know, to change the direction of where I'm at or to improve from where I'm at. I'm not a perfect person, just like everybody else in the world. It's almost a level of, it is a certain level of humility. I know humility goes the other way, keeping yourself grounded when you're reaching huge levels of success and stuff like that and making sure you're attributing your, a lot of your, the factors of your successes to the people around you and your team. But there's also humility in, I have these flaws and I have the ability to work on them so that I don't go down these negative paths and I don't distract and fill the holes in my life so that I can live more wholesomely. Yeah, I I think for sure. I think, again, the first thing to healing anything is recognizing it. And that's the, that's the hardest step, right? That's really the hardest step. What's your advice for getting people to recognize where they can be better? Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have at least a portion of that seed in you um, that you're attracted to the things that we have talked about. Uh, At some point, I was. At some point, Seth was. I always um, commend Seth for, you know, I, I think he's a young guy and is far ahead in terms of having those moments in life where you you reevaluate stuff. Um, I, I wasn't always like this. It, for some people, it's a rock bottom. For some people, it's, uh, you know, near death experience, a disaster, a job loss, a, a huge breakup. Um, doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Those tend to be the catalysts that get us thinking about life and what we want to become of it, you know, or, or having a, a child and becoming a father and then saying like, wow, who, who do I want to be for my son? So you have to have these conscious thoughts about it. And I think the subconscious does a great job to not feel pain, not feel hurt. And real growth tends to hurt a bit, mm-hmm. tends that humility to say like, whew, I've effing suck. Like I'm like a bad I, listener. I suck here. Yeah. This is where I suck. Yeah. You know, and we spend, think about dating someone new. You spend so much time showing someone how awesome you are, right? The first months, three months, four months, uh, look what I do. Look at, look at my Instagram. Look how many, look at reels. Look at my reels. Uh, look at my, look how do? tall I am. Um, <laughs> like that's all we do. Uh, <laughs> It's your first date. Babe, look at look at this. Look at this wolf reel I posted. 300,000. What do you say? Date number two? <laughs> Should we pencil that in already? <laughs> and I just howl like it. Oh, um, man, could you imagine? No, but you don't. You, you hide. You hide so desperately the shitty stuff. You right? want to hear like a theory you, of mine? You go. Yeah, I love theories. People can hide who they are. Put a mm-hmm. mask on. Mm-hmm. People can hide who they are for 90 days. Three months. That's it. And then in any, like business, friendship, new friendship, new relationship, business relationships, people can hide who they are for 90 days. And then after that, it is impossible 
for people to hide their true character. Yeah, it starts to seep out. I implore people to do some back testing in relationships they've had, friends, mm-hmm. uh, you know, business, whatever. And moving forward, 90 days, I guarantee you, you can hold me to this, I guarantee you 90 days people show their true colors. In my dating story, it was a year and a half. <laughs> Keep dangling the carrot, man. Keep dangling a the year carrot. and a half. Keep dangling the carrot. Uh, no, I agree though. Three months is a huge point, I think, for most to be like, oh, whoa. Like I'm, you know, uh, I, yeah. I can't hide it anymore. Uh, Mark Groves, one of my favorite relationship podcast guys, um, he, he jokes about the first date question should not be, you know, what are we good at? But Hey, uh, where do you suck in relationships? Like, what are your what are your bad points? Like, let's huh. let's talk about that right now. That's interesting. Like, I disagree with that in a way. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. Like, we should we should have a separate we should have a separate <laughs> relationship podcast. Yeah, <laughs> where we, we should just give unsolicited <laughs> advice. Yeah. I don't know. I always feel like in any. I just feel like, and this guy he's written books. He's an expert. I don't know. This is just my personal opinion, but I feel that in any sort of discussion, first time impression, whether you're in a job interview or you're trying to land a new client or you're on a first date is that everything coming out of your mouth should be sort of positive, upbeat. And like, you should be bringing those, that good energy to every interaction you have, at least off the start. You know, like I want people to like, oh, this is a fun guy. Like he's filled with energy. He's ready to go. Uh, You know, let's do some stuff together. Yeah. But his point is that is somewhat of a mask, right? That is that three-month beginning. Not if you're living your truth, Mr. Aaron. Uh, yeah, but if you're trying to put your best foot forward, you're telling me that all your feet forward, none of them are like, hey, I get really cranky if I don't eat or like I, my house is a mess or like whatever the things may be, like to lay them out, how refreshing would that be also if someone knew their faults? I think, I think what I'm saying is getting to a point where that energy and that like good vibes thing isn't, isn't a show. Like that is, that's you. You're at so, com- you're at such a comfortable place in your life and your confidence level where you're just, you know, you're glow, you're glowing. Right. Yeah, and then, you know, when I get hangry, it'll come out and I'll have the emotional self-control and intelligence to tell you why I'm, I'm not doing so hot right now. <laughs> For me right. personally, it's if I've had less than six hours sleep, like look the fuck out. <laughs> That ass, but I've developed the, the, I like to think I've developed the self-awareness. You can ask, you, you talk to Haley occasionally, ask her like when I'm being a bitch because <laughs> I'm tired, <laughs> I literally look at her and I say, I need a nap. Yeah. And she goes, well, yeah, good. just like go have a nap. And I wake up and I'm good to go. But it's like, it's so important to, to realize that like everyone like gets angry. Everyone sometimes gets frustrated. Everyone can get agitated. I think it's knowing yourself, knowing how to pull yourself out of that so that you can be the best you can be for the people you care about and the people you want to lift up with you. Yes. You know, and and back to your point about sometimes it takes, you know, hitting the wall or um, from a dark place for growth to come from. Sometimes it's seeing what you don't want from others. And I'll I'll get a little personal here. Like for me in my life, I've seen a lot of what I don't want, if that makes sense. Rather Mm -hmm. than living through certain things personally and saying, oh, that didn't work out for me. I need to make a change. I I like to pride myself in being constantly observant of other people and their scenarios and saying, that that did not work. I am not going to do that. Like I'd rather learn from other people's mistakes than have to make them myself. And that's not selfish. I think that's just working smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find- it's like, it's like people who see, you know, you see someone lose their family and all their money with a gambling problem. You're probably not going to go to the casino every weekend. Probably not. You know what but I'm saying? You, but, but you might. But you might. But you might if but you you're might. distracting. And- it goes both ways. It's just like mm-hmm. people who have been in abusive, like grown up in an abusive household, there might be a tendency there to continue to perpetuate that trend through the generations. But you'll eventually, hopefully, get to that that one generation that says, hey, this really fucked me up. So I'm not going to do that to my kid. 
you know, there's yeah. always both sides of which direction an experience can play out in. Yeah, for sure. And I, I truly believe what, I mean, relationships are a nice vehicle, a nice container to talk about life because everything's a relationship, really. Well, yeah, your relationship with your phone, relationship with your yep. passions, relationship with another person, yep. relationship Everything. with yourself. Everything. Um, and a lot of things can be codependent. But I think as you can probably go back to your history in, in relationships and, and the ones that didn't work out. And a lot of people tend to tend to pick the same problem, the same person, the same problem in a different set of skin yes. and organs uh, and run into the same thing. I have many friends that, and myself included, like who, who have I been attracted to after, you know, certain relationships um, can get into like, oh, that's the same, the same mess, the same thing I need to learn a little bit better now. And to a point where this may be your attraction, it may be your thing that you go to, but you have a conscious decision to say, oh, this is X, Y, and Z. I am attracted to this, but this is not good for me. That's like, hard to do. Very hard to do, but it's, it's possible. And, it's and, possible to start to notice the red flags, notice the things that you forego because it just hits some sort of thing for you, some sort of wound, some sort of childhood thing, like whatever it may be that you are getting from this scenario, this uh uh, this interaction, this sort of chemistry you are attracted to over and over again. And it takes conscious decisions to say, these are the things that I'm typically attracted to, but it's not good for me. It doesn't mm -hmm. lead to a good place. I am going to, despite my like high school brain, try to pick someone that's better for me. Right. And I think it goes beyond just people too. I mean, you can, mm -hmm. you can have problems or, or issues represent them, represent themselves in so many different ways. For example, you know, complacency, you can be someone yeah. who deals horribly with complacency and the fact that you've been complacent in so many different scenarios is probably, or may have led to so many different downfalls, whether it be your career or relationship or just your personal life. I don't know. And I think one one of my favorite sayings is the lessons will be presented until they are learned. Right. In other words, the universe will continue to give you the same pile of shit that you have to climb over. It'll give you it over and over and over and over and over again until you transcend that. And I feel like, do you agree, it kind of ups the ante the littlest bit every time? Like it'll, it'll hit you in the head with a two by four. See, that's the thing you want to transcend before that turns into Everest. Right. Right. The key is to like have a level of self-awareness where you go, huh, okay, that didn't work. I'm humble enough to say I did X, Y, and Z wrong. And going back to leadership, I am taking extreme ownership for this. This was my fault. You know, I'm not blaming other people. I think you live, we said this in the last, I think last podcast, your life goes in such a positive direction when you don't blame anyone for anything. When you start saying, my fault, my fault. Like I can, if you give me any scenario, I can somehow turn it to be my fault and make it about a positive moving forward for me. Yeah, and I, I think that's, I mean, not in a, not in an apologetic way for everything, no. right? Like not in like a, oh, I'm so sorry. No. This happened, but like a taking responsibility for where you can take responsibility. You can always Whether take it, it some level be, of responsibility, right? Yeah, it might be your your reaction. Well, you let's know, you, you like the you like the relationship analogy. Let's say you had a, a gaslighting toxic partner. My fault, I shouldn't have stayed in there that long. Or I mean, that's easier said than done because you're literally being manipulated on. Mm -hmm. Or uh, my fault, I should have seen the red flags. I'm going to do that moving forward. I'm going to really try to vet better. You know, there's always a way to say my fault with confidence. Yeah, and, 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 and own, own yourself. Like, you know, be radically accountable for your own actions, your own wins, your own losses, and your lessons. You'll hear terms like gaslighting and narcissist and 
you know, every everyone's a psychiatrist and, and can uh, diagnose everyone. Um, but there's there's something interesting about you know this. A ran, I'm just making something up, but a random person. You you hear these things, you see these things. Uh, they they hit you on social media, whatever. But a random person saying like, uh, I I keep dating narcissists. So so where's your the, fault? Where's the accountability there? Where's right. the lesson learned? Right. What are you, why are you the perfect match for a narcissist? That's and, a great question. And in that instance, it's so much easier to say, oh, there's just so many bad guys or there's so many bad girls out there. Like mm-hmm. it's just luck of the draw. As opposed to saying, hey, maybe I'm maybe there's something about me. Maybe there's an mm-hmm. a, an intrinsic characteristic of myself that is like moth to flame. And maybe yes. I got to work on that. My fault. My fault. Start saying my fault for everything. And I guarantee you life turns around or it just, or even not even turns around. If you're already in a great place in life, it gets even better because like these topics we, we discuss are not about being in the gutter and trying to get out of it. Maybe for some, but I feel like there's a lot of individuals who are flying high or they feel like they're doing great and they just want to be that much better. And I hope that some of these discussions maybe spark some, some interesting adoptions into people's lives, if, if at all. Yeah. I love, I'm laughing at myself or us because it's like, I think 20 minutes ago, you're like, I really want to get back to photography. And <laughs> we, we went down this <laughs> rabbit hole of relationships more than we ever have, but you, ever. But it's important and I know we can tie it back. I know we can. I, I, I believe in us. And you, well, again, for all the people who know I repeat things, you'll never be amazed. You'll never reach your full potential at your passions and the things you want to do if you're living in a shitty headspace. It's just not going to happen. I mean, when you start to adopt these levels or these mindset principles, we'll call them, relationship with your, your relationships become easier. That's what this whole episode mm-hmm. is. Been. Your relationship with social media becomes better. Your relationship with yourself becomes better. Your relationship with your own art and your own self-worth becomes way better. I think, yeah. I think that's, I think that the photographer, you and I are photographers discussing our mindset. And if people can find a way to, you know, improve their waking life and it has a a positive consequential effect on their photography career, great. Like this is the foundation, I think, for all for all innovation and in terms of what, what people are trying to do. I mean, how can you be the best at anything? or be your best self or reach your full potential anything if you're you're just not in a good if you don't have the mental framework to get there yeah i couldn't i couldn't say it better and i'm i'm not going to try like you're you're absolutely right in in everything you do it makes it makes life much more enjoyable That's just or, it. Ple- or pleasant if you were if you realize you can respond versus react, if you realize you have a lot more control on the things that are bothering you, I heard the greatest thing once, Seth. If I if I sat, do you speak um, do you speak French? I could probably understand what you were saying. Do you speak Do you speak Spanish? No. Okay. Do a lingoing though, because I'm going to Spain in June. Oh well. I can ask you for a like a, a coffee with milk. That's about it. Among, and everything below that in terms of simplicity. But sorry, I'm, I'm wrecking your, your setup. I do not speak French, or I speak Re- a little French and I don't speak Spanish. Response versus reaction. If I were to sit here and fluently in Spanish just rip you apart with a smile on my face, you'd have no idea and no, no reaction. You'd have no reaction to it. it. It wouldn't hit you. These are words. I'm saying them. I'm ripping you apart. Mm-hmm but they don't hit you and you would go beyond or go with, go on with your day. It, it wouldn't hit you. If I said the same things in English or Canadian, it's different. Um, now if I said, uh, English. the same things in English, you can react now, but you still have the same power to respond the same way. Right. And I think the react comes from you're attacking my sense of self. Right. Right. It's your right. interpretation. But physically, 
I cannot hurt you with sounds. I cannot hurt you with the words. And they only hurt if you believe them about this yourself. This is true. Like if you said you're such a selfish person, I think you used this example. You're the mm-hmm. most selfish person I knew. If I th- somehow thought that about myself, that would hurt. Yeah, they nailed it. But they if nailed I, it. They nailed it. They got me figured out. That's mm-hmm. insecurity at the surface. Mm-hmm. And then you would go on the defense. Like this person hurt me, I'm going to hurt them back. But if I truly, I'm like, this person's crazy. I'm do this and I volunteer here and I'm, you know, like, there's, I would just think that you're insane. Right. And where I'm trying to get my head to is to avoid that reaction as much as possible. When someone's being clearly rude or out of line, mm-hmm. I go to empathy. Yep. Because in my mind, I think, wow, this person is saying this because it's a direct reflection. It's a direct reflection of how they feel about themselves. Because nobody will say or do anything towards you that isn't a direct reflection of how they feel about themselves. Truth. And we talk about Man's Search for Meaning and Viktor Frankl, yep. an important book in my life. We're going to start it, a reading list for people who want to know some of the stuff it. we're referring to. Um, but the point being is that I, I control my destiny my, or I control my path. I control where yeah. I am going in life. And if I'm reacting to you, you're controlling. I'm it. in control. Yep. That's right. So I'm giving you a ton of power, a ton of, a ton of control and power. You, you can interrupt my entire day. So now I know how to get to you and now I know how to get the reactions I want. Yeah, I, I've steered another human's day. I've steered their life. I've steered their mm. mind for the next however many hours. Them going back and forth. Am I? Am I selfish? Maybe mm. I'm a little selfish. Oh my god! I think I uh, I gotta go. And that's to nirvana charity. for narcissists. Oh, or just they might not even know they're doing it. But the the fact of the matter is that you're you're relinquishing you're relinquishing your control mm. to someone else based on your reaction god forbid you you get into a fight or get physical because of of something versus responding and understanding another book for agreements like this is their perception right you're taking this personally you're take you're giving yourself needless suffering right and that going back to the notes i've made for this episode one of the things i have that I think makes a great leader is emotional self-control. Someone who I, I would can agree. Someone who can remain centered and focused when there's a shit hits the fan moment. Someone who can control their anger and outbursts when when they're being attacked can think calculatively. I think that's very very important because it's tough to want to embody someone who flies off the handles. And it's tough to find safety and comfort and Mm. a sense of aspiration towards someone who has just not got a good grip on themselves. We all know those people who just wig out. Yeah. Panic. You know, scream and shout. And think, one of the, think about how those people make you feel, right? You feel, you get anxiety. You get, un, you feel a sense of coming as far away from this person as possible. Whereas if you're the opposite of that, calm, centered, collected, people want to be around that and learn how to adapt that. Good episode. That was fast. Is that, are we done? Yeah, I think we're done. If we, I mean, can, I, they, we didn't get through all my notes, but we can, we can continue this. I think we got deep into stuff, covered a lot of leadership qualities, our opinion, and why it relates yeah. to photography. And we, we nicely segued into the self though, but the self has to be clean, I think, to be that type of leader that's really just a smooth leader, not yep. a dictator, not a... I'm going to tell you how to think or you got to do it my way, but just a, you know, good solid chap that people can look up to and, and go, Oh, that, that guy or girl is, uh, they're okay. I like what they're doing. Right. And I mean, the nice part about all this is that almost every minute of the day, there's something that you can work this muscle out to. 
Like there's always a decision that needs to be made or a response that needs to be formulated towards something, whether it's, you know, pretty minuscule or a big, big deal. Treat the mind as a muscle. Like always be thinking about these kinds of, these kinds of concepts. Go digging deeper into these concepts from other people, from other sources, read books, pick up things you're interested in and work on them when, you know, when you have the time and you're in your waking life, just constantly be thinking about these things and uh, how you want to improve and how that's going to sort of get you where you want to be, whether you're already at a great spot in life or if you're in the lowest of lows. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. And I think too, I just want to remind everyone, we're not, we're not talking about like the the big stage even like, um, you know, Instagram and social media has this idea that we get tons of followers and be influencers and have paid vacations and all that stuff, you know, but leading, that's not leadership, right? Leading starts with like being a good dad to your son. You know, when no one's mm-hmm. looking, when it's not on Instagram, no when, right. when, you know, even to yourself, you know, your, your food choices, exercise choices, all those things. Um, it starts with small steps, like small things that are probably the most important. And those are the ones that are neglected the most. And we want to skip ahead to, you know, the fame and glory and attention, um, which could be, again, another distraction to all of the real stuff. One, not, re, not reels, real stuff. <laughs> Majority of people don't want to do the work. I'll say my number again, my magic number, 97%. 97. Don't want to do the work. And the fact, I've said this again a million times too, I'm not sorry. The fact that people are here listening and consuming content like this and probably content you know, similar to this, you're in a very small minority of people who want to improve because sad reality is that most people will float through life being complacent and I feel like people who go looking for not necessarily answers but methods and ways to improve don't want to settle so good for you keep on that path and that's all I got for today my man I like it good good chat all right we'll be back next week thank you again to mitch for his tpm artwork be sure to submit to that by using hashtag tpm artwork we're almost at a thousand which is pretty cool um, i'm sure we'll start getting some random people posting that's when you that's when you know you've made it when you made it when you made it in Those the hashtag hashtags. <laughs> yeah, and as it. always if you find these episodes of value feel free to donate any amount you feel is equal to the value you receive from our episodes we'll always do them for free but they're always appreciated until next time my dude Have a good one.